1: Ladies and gentlemen, all those listening right now at this moment, germs. welcome to the germs. <laughs> welcome to the coffee and and hardcore podcast. This is season five, episode four, and it's t- entitled "This Another East Bay Night with Second Coming." I am here. Wait, My wait, wait, is, wait. Are what? we
2: not going to talk about the intro? Oh yeah, we we yeah we got a new song. That's right. We're just gonna like cut in and pretend like this new intro is not a thing. What's going on?
1: Oh no, no, we gotta talk about the intro. That's right. Sorry, it's not like yeah. I forgot or nothing. It's just a killer. It's a killer. Like I'm, I'm impressed. Who is it by? By the one and only worst self. That's right, We're self. <laughs> Boom.
2: Thank you, dude. It's so good. I reached out to Joel. And for those who don't know, which I'm sure everyone knows, Joel. He is the bass player singer of Worst self. He was the singer of Um Brothers, and he was yeah. the bass player for Comeback Kid for a while. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah.
3: I had no idea.
2: And this is our new intro. It's so good. Read them their lyrics, Mr. Mick.
1: I know. It's like, and so. You know, on, I, I need to say this, because when we had Battle Royale did the intro, yeah. there's cool lyrics there. And then we had Skull Crack, and they did some cool lyrics, Fast and Furious. Then we had Moral Law. You which, didn't need the, the lyrics, because it was all the, That's right. You didn't need the lyrics, because it was just so brutal, and it hit you in the face. Now, this okay. song, this one is brutal, hit you in the face, and there's lyrics. So you ready? yes please here it is it's no cream no sugar pour over or batch brew mix it with something fast and heavy i call that coffee and hardcore arabica robusta excelsia liberica did i say it right yes okay you can't go wrong (laughs) it's time for coffee and hardcore I take my coffee like I take my hardcore, fast and bold, dark and strong. No cream or sugar will touch this cup. Can't think of a better duo, coffee and hardcore.
2: Hell yeah. Thank you, Joel. Thank you <laughs> yes, thank stuff. you, Joel. Boom.
1: <laughs> no so that was, good. Yeah, really, 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 really good. I was so stoked when you sent it to me because I you, you cause you do this sometimes. Like you'll send me stuff like I, and kind of it's kind of like a surprise, which makes it extra awesome. But I didn't know that it was going to be those guys, and then I and then it just made it so much more awesome when I heard it. So I was stoked. Yeah.
2: Well, we had talked about bands that we wanted to do the bro Yeah, yeah. Where self was on the list, and I remember you saying this was like last season, and I remember yeah. you saying we actually got them to do it. It'd probably be the heaviest <laughs> yes. throw that we. <laughs> That we will ever have. So, and
1: I I also like because it, you know, being a bass player, he totally, the intro is totally, (laughs) it's so awesome. And Joel's a phenomenal bass player too. Oh, yeah. He's So good. Yeah. You can totally go like his, what is it? His, is it Instagram or whatever where you can go in and watch him? He's like totally like, yeah. Cover songs, totally playing the bass. He's so good. So, yeah. Rock on. Yeah.
2: So, how would your guys' talk? it was good
1: it was good and i'm uh it was kind of like it's one of those it's going to be an episode that's with a lot of reminiscing about the east bay area of california which is good because you'll hear you're going to hear stories you're going to hear stuff about like crazy bands that um that these guys jacob and don uh Played with, Saul as youngsters, and uh, yeah, it's, good. it's a good trip down memory lane and also talking about some rad hardcore from that time frame, so it's a good episode. That's really cool. Jacob, thank you so much for stepping up and getting
2: Don on the podcast, and thank you for stepping up and hosting your first episode.
3: Dude, um, it was so nice to catch up with Don. Like, we, he and I have, like, hit back and forth on facebook and stuff but it's it's been 30 years
2: yeah
1: that's yeah. Crazy. It, was, it was crazy like it was the first time they had seen each other like face to like well yeah. through the intranet
3: i mean we've Their seen faces. pictures of each other but right the first interaction and it was yeah it was nice
2: let's get into it thank you guys
0: boom <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Sarah koretsky Rossington, licensed therapist, introducing my new podcast, The Hardcore Therapist, where hardcore music meets real, raw stories about mental health and resilience. We dive into the hardcore scene and explore the unfiltered experiences of individuals with the power of music and therapy. From punk to metalcore, each episode is a fusion of hardcore music and a personal narrative that challenges the stigma around mental health. Tune in for interviews with musicians, therapists, and everyday heroes who've harnessed the energy of hardcore music and mental health therapy. Subscribe now to the Hardcore Therapist podcast on your favorite platform. Get ready for an hour of powerful stories about hardcore and therapeutic approaches. The Hardcore Therapist podcast. Subscribe now. Stay strong, stay resilient, and take care of your mental health.
1: So welcome to the podcast. We're really excited about this one. Uh, Wiley and I have been talking about uh, talking about this episode for a while now. We've been pretty stoked about having our next guest on uh, tonight. We have a guest interviewer as well, kind of like last time we had Brian Gray on. This week we got Jacob from Oak and Crow to help us out because he has a connection with our guest. And uh, the reason why Wiley and I were so excited about this is because we have the one and only Don. From the band Second Coming, which I'm pretty sure everybody that's a part of the podcast really dig uh the full length and the and and the seven inch, which we'll get into that a little bit later because I'm supposed to tell you things that Wiley says about that. Oh, and there's a demo. What? Okay. So yeah. Welcome, Don. How great to have you on the show.
4: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow, well, that's quite an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I had try- no idea. That's that's awesome.
1: We 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 try really hard, especially with uh, groups that we like. We're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna push it really big. So, like, just just in the last year, I think is when you guys dropped that uh, full length again. T- tell us a little bit about Second Coming and uh, eventually getting to this point where you get to do the reissue.
4: Uh, boy, that's. Uh... Okay, Is that a go whole, whole, whole lot of information, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotta cover 30 years. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so uh set coming, I mean uh, uh originally I'm from the Bay Area, uh Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. And uh set coming started, I want to say maybe '91, but it wasn't it wasn't with me. I didn't come until later. Uh Joey Vella, Jeff Hill started it. Uh and um, let's see, the Macchiano Brothers were uh, bass and drums. I think they recorded a demo. There wasn't any, there wasn't, after the 80s, like uh, the, the hardcore scene in the Bay Area, the 80s was pretty, uh, was was was, uh, was pretty big. You know, you had like Youth of Today and all those uh, New York bands that come through all the time. You have all the bands from uh, uh, Orange County, uh, coming up and then uh you know we had some two in the Bay Area, you know, Pride and so forth. And uh I remember Opera operation and Ivy used to play like every weekend. So every weekend there's something going on. Uh then kind of the 90s rolled around people just kind of uh moved away, went to college or whatnot, and uh the scene sort of died down. But then Joey and Jeff uh said, hey, let's do this band and keep it going. And um i think after i got back from i graduated college in 93 and i came home and i think uh they their bass player left or was leaving so i i started second company playing bass um you think i think we did a couple of seven inches and um let's see then i left to do some other bands and um uh, but then uh then jeff left. And Joey asked me to play guitar, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I like, you know, I mean, you know, Jeff Hill, you know, it's Jeff Hill, if anyone knows Jeff right? Tyrannicide and and um,
3: oh, Tyrannicide, uh, yeah. And um, <laughs> I, w- I was on a compilation with Tyrannicide, uh, I forgot what it was called, but uh, I don't know if you remember Craig Billmeyer, but we started a band. He eventually morphed it into uh, your mother, and then he started oh. playing with oh. what happens next and stuff yeah, like Craig, that. Yeah, Craig, yeah, 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 Craigums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we were on a compilation with Tyrannicide and they—I think it was the first comp I was ever on.
4: Right, <laughs> that's killer. That's. Um, so I hadn't played. I haven't been. I haven't been playing guitar for that long. I kind of got bored with bass, so I, I picked up the guitar and. Uh, Joey asked me to play guitar, and I was uh, really intimidated because I didn't think I could do it. Uh, so, but I, I practiced, you know, I practiced, and uh, uh, our first show, uh, Chris from Powerhouse comes up to me. I just, I just met Chris, and he's like, "Yo, you the guitar player?" And it's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Yo, you got some big shoes to fill." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man," <laughs> but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah but i stuck with it and then uh you know fast forward the 90s we're just uh rolling through the 90s uh playing shows and um i think 98 or 99 i think is when that that uh 12 inch first came out and um what else i mean we never toured we i mean maybe you know up and down the west coast a couple weekend long weekend trips but uh so I'm I'm surprised if people outside of California, you know, has has heard this record.
3: And really, when, are you though?
4: Am are I surprised?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hardcore. Are you really surprised? Sure. Yeah, I guess.
4: I mean, I just I just didn't you know. I mean, what I I just didn't I just didn't know. I guess uh, you know the power of the internet and just makes the scene. You know, people around the world just makes it a little bit smaller. You know um then then uh let's see i i guess matt contacted matt uh from the record label one scene records uh you know he, then, so when he said he wanted to reissue it I, I i i thought i mean i was all for it you know i thought okay this will be fun but i just thought really i mean are we do people care anymore you know but i mean i didn't know so we we played that show uh to celebrate their re-release in it last summer. And uh, I was happy to see the guys and everything. And Jeff, you know, we, I mean, Jeff came back and uh, actually when Jeff played our, you know, last show in like 2001, uh, before the band broke up, you know, he, he played a couple with us then. And then we, Jeff is playing with, with the band now. And it was great to see the guys. And I, I just thought, w- wouldn't, you know, would, would people will we still be relevant? Would be any good? Would we be any good? Because we're all, you know, in our mid-50s pretty much, and uh the, the not a lot of jumping anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> for Joey. Joey's a good jumper, he's in great shape, but uh uh but the show was so much fun and the reception was so great, and just lots of pictures, killer pictures, and uh you know, met met some people who uh i mean just met new people and uh and uh so now we're just kind of i mean i guess we're not officially but you know a band or whatever but uh if if there's still if we get invited to play shows and we could all make it then we'll do it because like john our drummer lives in washington i'm in oregon everyone else is in california Uh, so we played another one last december in sacramento and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna try to do what we can do this summer uh, Jeff and I are talking. You know, we're talking about writing songs and stuff. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Keep rolling with it. That's crazy. I see because I
1: remember oh, it had to have been maybe ninety nine, and it was. I, I it was just getting a cassette tape. Like somebody had copied a cassette tape of that album and i i don't even remember i, I remember maybe getting it from somebody in Athens Ohio they just kind of passed it along like you need to check these guys out and wow. i I'll, and i you know and then all these years later wiley sent me um some stuff and he was like hey uh, uh this lp's coming out uh Check it out. I think they're gonna send us some shirts. I was like, okay. And he's like, do you remember them? I'm like, I don't know. And then when I went and went online and started listening to the songs, i was like, I remember this. I had this on a cassette tape.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so I was I was stoked, man. I remember really digging it back then, and then you know rediscovering it again. It was yeah. pretty exciting. So I was like, yeah, this is awesome. So. My question the next question that I have is the question that that Wiley wants me to ask is mm-hmm. what about the the final four that 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 uh 7-inch are we going to get a reissue of that oh,
4: I don't know <laughs> uh, Let's see <laughs> well we never re- we never uh release that I think we just want oh, and that final four was with a, even a different lineup because then by then uh Tim and John a bass and drum player uh drummer left So we had, uh, Carl and Tony. And, um, so we just, and I'm not quite sure why we recorded those songs because two of them were already recorded or three of them were already recorded, but there was like one new song. So, uh, I mean, I guess just, just to have, and, um, and then the band fizzled out after that, but we are talking about, um. You know, we, we are talking about recording again, so I think we're nice. gonna report fade yes. off of that off of those four.
1: Yeah, that's that was Wiley's big question because he loves that he loves that four songs, so
4: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think we recorded that at the same studio, but that four song came out so much better sounding. Uh and it was the same guy that did it, but like the the uh the 12-inch, like we don't know anything, you know, about recording we just assume oh the engineers got it handled you know they they know what they're doing (laughs) but but um and everything sounds great in the studio but then when you put it pop the tape in the car you know it just like it it just it was just different and i think you know we didn't have a lot of money so we we couldn't spend a lot of time to fix things so the remaster the new one i mean sounds way better but I, i remember uh the uh the the four songs like that you know, that, that sounded way better than than 12-inch. And other bands that have recorded after us, I think Doomsday Device and then, I think Low Life even recorded at the same place. And like theirs sounded, you know, really good. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting better, but, but live
3: and learn. I mean, I'm glad it's still out there and people enjoy it. So I got a question for you. And this isn't my yeah. question, but this is from Andrew Foote. No, Andrew foot blast yeah. from the past. Yeah. <laughs> so he said Andrew. you know being on a podcast that is uh you know fronted by some people of religion and beliefs in Krishna and the band were you ever known as a Krishna conscious band or was it just some members? Uh, uh no it was and um, that wasn't I mean, his question specifically i'm sort of jumbling it up because yeah he... sure <laughs> no that's
4: that's not our that was never our our mission i mean joey's you know he he uh writes the lyrics and um you know the, they uh well i guess, I guess long story short now i mean i i think i was i was the only one that i think i i mean i joined the temple and Ninety eight, I want to say, and have been kind of, you know, hanging out since you know since uh, since the early nineties. But um, but now I mean I mean John is a, is a, our drummer now. He's like you know into it, but uh, yeah. but it's not that's not like the focus of the band.
3: So I I think one of the reasons he asked is because when he brought your name up when we were first talking about Second Coming, like I didn't put it quite together with your name because Mm -hmm. i had been thinking of you with your krishna name oh uh uh-huh and i referred to you as that and he's like i don't know who i was like okay we need to (laughs) figure this out and he's like oh i had no idea i had no idea
4: oh he didn't oh okay yeah
3: yeah yeah but then he told me some stories about um Bands that he was touring with and touring with you or some friends of yours and other bands. Oh, um, really? Okay,
4: yeah. I'd like to hear but, those.
3: Uh, <laughs> so, another question I have is How long has it been since you lived in Dublin? Because I lived in Dublin for a little while and I visited once. Probably 30, 20, 30 years after I lived there, and it looked like a different landscape altogether. <laughs> oh, Where'd you live in Dublin? Dublin, California, not Dublin, Ireland. Yeah.
4: Dublin, California.
3: <laughs> I don't remember the street because I was very, very young, but it was near the middle school that I went to.
4: Uh Frederickson or Wells?
3: I think Frederickson, I'm not positive.
4: Mm. Okay well uh let's see i lived there from 74 to like 91 and i went away to college and when i graduated i came back and lived with my parents for a while before i moved to berkeley so that was probably i, think I like was the- there
3: in about 78 78 oh. 79 yeah oh really
4: god uh, um yeah so i haven't you know my now let me think about it for a minute My parents, they bought their house. It was like $30,000 in 74. And then I always look it up on Zillow whenever I pass through. I do that too
3: with Pleasanton
4: and San Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. I go look, I I look it up on Zillow. And now that
3: house is like $1.3 million.
4: Good Lord.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I see, like, I look at, uh, I visited Pleasanton, I don't remember, was it Pleasanton or Dublin? But over where the movie theater is, and the BART over yeah. by where the, the prison is, or the jail is mm-hmm. yeah. like that whole place is it's a different landscape altogether. I don't recognize it, yeah. And, it's
4: like, yeah.
3: And there's a 7 Eleven in Pleasanton that when I was probably 11 you know, I'd go, I'd walk to and it was cow pastures across the street mm. and <laughs> it became business parks. Like, yeah, you know, it was so crazy. Yeah.
4: Like Dublin's expanded down. What is that? 580, like down towards Livermore. Like it almost yeah. just butts up against Livermore. And, and oddly enough, in two, nine, two thousand, like 2000, I taught at, at Dublin high and, uh, and I graduated from there, you know, so to, to go back, then I used to go skate at the skate park in Dublin, which is kind of over by the prison. So now they have houses that kind of like across the streets, the prison.
3: Oh my God. You know,
4: so like the, you know, that, that, everything's just built up and yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I still, Dublin's still home to me. I mean, I can never, right. afford to live. that's why I had to leave. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all, it's crazy now.
3: So, I also have to ask you, um, are you in contact with any of the Unit Pride guys?
4: Uh, let me think about that for a minute. Um, I mean, it, it's been a while. Actually, I mean, Pete, the drummer, lives in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And I thought he was supposed to come to the show that we played in Sacramento, but but he didn't make it. Um, Eric uh nerve ages? Yeah. yeah yeah eric ozine was he
3: i don't know if he still
4: lives here but he was in portland and we hung out like 20 years ago when our when both of our kids were small my oldest son is 22 he had nice. a daughter uh grace i think and uh you know we like met up at a park a couple times yeah but um no i mean i haven't seen eric in like 20 years and uh i believe tim is in chicago you know, we just say happy birthday on Facebook right. you know, every couple of oh, years.
3: Dude, if next time we talk to Tim, I'm glad you you brought up his name. So I lived a couple of blocks from him in Pleasanton and oh, yeah. I, I was 16. I bought a half stack from for 400 bucks. I gave him a hundred dollar down payment. I still owe him $300 and nobody hold on nobody will hook me up with him and I need to fill this karmic debt it's killing me <laughs> like it's it was like, like 1988 and I still want to give him that 300 like, I'll give him interest I don't care I just like, need to pay this guy like I want my $2 <laughs> yeah dude it no honestly it It hurts me so much because, you know, getting that amp from him helped me get into some of the, some of the bands that I got into Mm -hmm. later and actually doing albums and touring. And I feel bad that I just, I scumbagged out on that and I just (laughs) never paid him the money. And I don't know if it was intentional or not because, you know, I'm in my fifties and I don't remember what was going through my mind then, Mm -hmm. And even though then I, you know, I was a sober kid. It's not like I was drunk or on drugs and, like, ripped yeah. this guy off. I just, <laughs> I don't. So, anyway, if it ever comes up, and I, I tell this to Chad Welch, too. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, if if you ever come across him, please just let me pay the dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, you know, that amp, uh, Tim bought that amp off of uh,
4: Trent. Trent Nelson from like Rabbit Lassie.
3: Oh, you're gonna make me feel worse about it. Also, <laughs> well, you know so that's, that's, that's
4: like a legacy. Piece uh... of I mean, <laughs> so Rabbit Lassie was the band before. uh Well, turned into Breakaway then. Yeah, I. I like, mean, yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. Maybe feel worse. <laughs> also, speaking of Chad, hello, Chad. uh Yeah, Chad. He's the one that. uh first he was working at Lucky's behind my house <laughs> and I went in there and I was buying what? some cereal or whatever and I was wearing a youth at today shirt it was oh. 1987 1988 uh-huh. and he's like "Yo, no I was wearing Underdog. Sh- it was an underdog shirt oh. he's like oh. yo nice shirt and uh we just started talking and uh he's the one that first took me to Gilman Street oh <laughs> yeah and you know he man I love that dude. And you know, I finally reconnected with him like a couple years ago. And it's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so nice to hear that dude's voice.
4: Yeah, I love Chad was always a nice guy, really supportive. Do you remember who you saw, Gilman? First, your first show? Uh
3: I think it was Bold or Underdog? Holy cow. And yeah, it was two different shows, Bold or Underdog, and uh I remember thinking like I'm from New York and I came out here and I'm 16 and it's 1988. And I'm seeing these bands for the first time at Gilman street, instead yeah. of in New York where these bands are from and where I'm yeah. from. But I also saw, um, no effects uh, when L Jefe played his first show with no effects, it was at mm-hmm. Gilman street with like no use for a name and, uh, some ill repute, some other bands. And yeah. I'm I'm going to say almost all the best punk shows I ever saw when I was younger uh <laughs> it was at Gilman Street even yeah, though like sure. you know I've seen some great shows at CBGBs but <laughs> the the best ones were at Gilman
1: Yeah So where was where, Gilman Street was it like a uh club close to where you guys were at or
3: It was a it was a warehouse on <laughs> nice a, Yeah it was a, a spray painted warehouse um and it was i don't remember the the history of how it was set up do do you remember that don
4: yeah i think it opened in uh 87 and they picked that location because it was kind of it was an industrial area but now when you go there it's all gentrified there's breweries and stuff but gilman still exists there you just it's this place just covered in stickers and stuff and um uh so it was a membership club and uh, in the beginning, they would not announce who was playing. Like, you had to go and find out. So we would go Friday night. We'd go Saturday night. And then when you go, the, it would, it would, they would tell you, like, who was playing the next day or the next weekend. And um, so I remember I'd go, I was like, oh, seven seconds is next week. And all right, we're coming back. But we almost went, like, every day or every weekend, no matter who's playing because, you know, there's nothing to do. Yeah. in the valley right so we'd go to berkeley uh shop for records and then go to a show and but uh so yeah i mean every band came through there i think most of the shows that i've gone to was probably at gilman street and actually i mean i, I was at that underdog show and uh those bold shows and you know it's like we we're both in the same room we didn't
3: know until that's so crazy all together yeah well the funny thing is like at that underdog show like they were they were my favorite hardcore band at that point and i was i would always so at gilman like if you wanted to get in for free you had to either work the door you had to sweep Uh up you had to do some kind of labor and i would always do it and then I get right up to the front of the stage for bands, you know, that shitty carpeted two foot tall stage. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I would sit right under the microphone and, you know, I saw a rancid there a million times and Tim mm-hmm. drooled on me. A... Yeah, no <laughs> offense. He, he, he was, he was like a slobbering dog and uh, yeah. no offense. They're still my favorite band to this day, mm-hmm. but uh, seeing underdog there, I was on the stage and I'm singing. And uh, at one point, Richie's like laying on his back, doing one of his like takes a word and stretches out to six syllables (laughs) and then reaches up and punches while I'm singing and fucking clocked me in the face. (laughs) But you know what? Oh, and the funny thing is speaking of underdog, um, Peter from into another, you know, post underdog. Oh
4: yeah. Oh yeah.
3: He lives just a few miles from me. Oh, really? oh, that's crazy! Yeah, he's he's like low key, and he plays in like a bar band. And he came in, and I looked at the ticket. I, you know, I was working at Angel Heart's vegan diner, mm-hmm. and I see a ticket. And I was like, Peter Moses, Peter Moses, are you fucking serious? And I look over, and they're like, Yeah, his son used to work here. It's like, Oh my god! And he comes in, and I I hand him his bag. I was like, Peter Moses, like. Into another, and he looks at me like, "How the fuck do you know who I yeah. am And I was like, "Dude, I'm not trying to fanboy out, but I'm a huge fan." And I never yeah. saw him again. He never came back in. He always sent somebody else to pick up his food. Oh, uh, like, <laughs> I mean, you scared thickest, him, dude. Yeah. but I mean player. I try not to fanboy out, but ah, uh, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. into another
4: Peter Mo. I mean, you can't help it, you know. I just no, his
3: playing is incredible.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And those guys are so locked in. Like when I, into another, when they played the John Bunch show, that memorial show, uh, it's like, they were just flawless. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, I was up front just watching Peter Moses. So how, how does he do that? It's like, hasn't skipped a beat.
3: I'm not going to lie. I was one of those kids that when uh, into another played Gilman, I didn't mm-hmm. go because I was like, this is an underdog. Just like when Shelter went. I was like, this isn't today. <laughs> yeah. and I, I, re- I regret it. No, I, I can admit I was that kid. And yeah. I regret it. But I admit I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the Misfits.
4: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I mean, you know, Gorilla Biscuits, they do a lot of reunions, but I haven't seen any of them. I, I saw my, them
3: at Gilman, my, and it was awesome. Yeah,
4: last time I saw them was at Gilman, like, eighty when they came out in 89.
3: So you and I had been to a bunch of shows together at Gilman, and we just yeah. didn't know each other. Didn't know, yeah. Were you at the Blatt's Filth show where everybody got, or it was, I don't know if they played together, but it was the Blatt's show where everybody got covered in pastries, and they were naked pulling clothes off people. No, I think I missed that one. <laughs> I mean nothing. I wasn't there either or anything.
4: <laughs> I mean, I've seen some wild shows there because, you know, like like I said, like we would just go because uh just to go. Every no. Friday, Saturday, yep. Right, yeah. And uh um let's see. Like Fugazi. I mean, first time I was, uh Fugazi came out, I don't even think they had anything out yet. Oh, shit. We just we just heard we got a live tape or something from a show they played in Seattle. So we heard that and we were, we we're, you know, trying to learn a couple of their songs. I mean, I remember song number one was the first song and then, uh, yeah, then, then they played a Gilman. I, I don't think they hit, they didn't have anything released yet. Oh,
3: that's awesome.
4: That was wild. You know, it was operation Ivy was like the house band. They played all the time. Like I missed every-
3: them. I moved there about three months after they broke up, but I got mm-hmm. to see Rancid a bunch in the mm-hmm. beginning. And uh yeah, that that was I've probably seen Rancid more than any other band. I still have um a couple of like Tim would be out front handing out yeah. shirts and stuff, and I never mm-hmm. got any of those. I got a couple of stickers, and I, I went up to him once and I was like, yo, let me get a seven inch. He's like you know, we don't have any. And then I ran into him at a Debbie Harry Ramones Tom Tom club show at the Greek theater. Hmm. And he remembered me and he reached up in the back of his leather jacket and handed me their first seven inch. And I was like, and even though I probably should have framed it, it's still the most played seven inch that I have. Like, yeah, I, I, you still have it. it. Oh yeah. I listen to it all the time. That's awesome. Um,
4: Wow. What label was that on? Do you remember? It, it was Lookout.
3: Oh, Lookout. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And the thing is, he he was such a nice dude. Like mm-hmm. uh the blamed my the band that I was in at the time played there. And actually the guy that I was in the blamed with who started it was on the podcast recently filling in for me, pretending to be me, but doesn't like coffee anyway (laughs) brian i see you brian but uh yeah we we played a show at gilman and you know we played a full-on christian punk rock set and then tim came up to me and he's doing the thing like i don't know if i ever talked to him but he he was kind of like prison like he'd always just look over your shoulder while he's talking instead of looking in your face Uh like yo man i respect what you guys do i like this um Yo, if you guys want to play some shows with us in Oakland, wow. and he and he gave me his number, mm-hmm. and I still remember it, and I won't repeat it because I don't want people calling whoever lives there. <laughs> but for some <laughs> reason, that phone number stuck in my head. But yeah. uh, we kind of broke up shortly after. It's probably my fault. I'm loose cannon <laughs> like that, <which laughs> no. sucks because yeah, that would have been that would have been so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're getting some
4: momentum. We got to break up now. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> oh, and it's all on me. Whatever it sounded, okay. whatever.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys
1: already talked that out. You and Brian, you had we had an episode where we talked about all that. Oh, this was before we
3: did the album. This was before. This was, this early, was before twenty one. Oh, this was early. Blame. Oh, like, okay, okay. Early members like pre all that pre Jim Chaffin. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, this is when Brian Ryan and I or Brian Ryan. Sorry, edit that out. Brian Gray and I were uh, living together and you know, cuddling on a couch and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually it was before that even. So whatever. Anyway, whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so since you guys are kind of like from the same area and everything, uh, would you say that Oh, that area I mean as are you looking at that as like the when you guys were playing shows and stuff? was that like the third wave of hardcore out in that general out in that area a second wave I mean you guys are all talking about you know watching youth of today and and then later on you know rancid and and shelter and you know so like were or were you guys playing in bands like before or after that or
4: Oh uh, yeah, I mean I I been uh I think my, my first band was when I was 14 and then uh in high school, yeah, I was then I was in a punk band in high school then uh and Gilman was starting to you, you could record a demo of Gilman for 25 dollars oh, and, and uh, it was just it was a uh, I, I forgot the sound guy's name. I want to say maybe it was Bradley. Um, yeah, but, but, you know, he used to run the soundboard Then he used to be in that little balcony, you know, on the, on the top there like above the bathrooms. Yeah. And it's 25 bucks. Everything's live. No overdubs. You just, you know, play and you can't mess up, you know, and, um, uh, what was my point? <laughs> 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 oh, bands before. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then uh, I got into a uh, band uh, called Rabbit Lassie, who's kind of big in the San Ramon, uh, San Ramon Valley. I mean, not, I didn't, not
3: re- I didn't realize you were in
4: Rabid Lassie. It was at the very tail end. Uh, I I played, a f- I don't remember how many shows, but but uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that many. But then we kind of changed the name to Breakaway. But my first show with Rabid Lassie was with Verbal Assault. At Gilman in like December 87. And I think instead played a couple of the Orange County no like no for an answer. I think a couple of those bands might have might have been on that that show too. And uh then we changed name to breakaway because we wanted to be a little more serious, you know. Uh I remember that. I didn't know yeah. you were in breakaway either. God oh. damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I kept my seven inches because I see like they're they're like, you know, I could have retired.
3: Chad has all of them, <laughs> I bet, yeah. dude. When I first met him, uh-huh. uh, he, I went over to his house and he was showing me all of his like old like first pressings of everything, uniform mm. choice, rabid yeah. lassie, Bra- all like everything, and I, yeah, like he even pulled out a first, uh, first issue of Superman comic book. Oh, like he he <laughs> was a. I don't know if he still is yeah. because you know he's uh you know super chef guy so i'm sure he has all of his old stuff in a vault but he's still super hardcore guy and he should that's how i learned about all of you guys and all the east bay stuff
4: wow that's uh, like i used to have star wars one two and three it came in a three pack my pet my dad just bought it for me when i was like you know seven or eight years old at the the store you remember you remember a store called the treasury it was like an offshoot it was like a jc penny's company or whatever but uh there was like but yeah he just bought me this three pack it was in a plastic bag on this comic book rack and i you know wrecked it i didn't take care of it because i didn't know i didn't know these things would be worth
3: anything right it was a comic book you read it just like i bought seven inches and i listened to them yeah exactly yeah yeah like uh all the very sorry wiley (laughs) (laughs)
4: i remember eric ozine uh like in 87 uh revelation was still in new york and i guess eric had went to new york met jordan or whatever and got a whole bunch of seven inches and brought them back and he was like kind of selling them in the bay you know at at gilman and stuff and so i got everything first pressing from him like the first sick of it all seven inch side by side you know we just bought all this stuff and then you know, in my twenties, was like, "Oh, you know, it's time to grow up." And as uh, you know, so I got rid of all, all this stuff,
3: and I was like, "Damn, you know, let me <laughs> save all these." No, I I feel you. I uh, so I had all my good stuff in a crate or a crates, and I went travel after I broke up with a longtime mm-hmm. girlfriend, and I left my stuff in my mom's house, and she hit me up, and she's like, "Oh, so." I won't put her name in, but your ex girlfriend, um, she asked if she could come over and borrow some albums because sure. you know they were still friends, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of old first pressings, adolescence and Battalion oh. of Saints and you know Exploited and stuff like like all the Exploited seven inches that I fought hard to find, like in the eighties, they're gone, yeah. just gone. Uh. But you know what? It's it's just stuff you just have to it's just stuff. wiley yeah. again i'm sorry it's just stuff that's what i keep telling myself i
5: know <laughs>
6: <laughs>
4: right <laughs> and sam kim sam kenneth he's like
6: i want my records back yeah
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean you, you guys did an interview with uh porcel like Parmenanda yeah right and uh I think yeah, it was so, two years I mean, ago yeah he was telling the story once that that uh like when he, I think when he joined the temple, he was like, "Okay, I got to get rid of everything." You know, he got rid of all his records, and people like, "Are you insane?" Because you know he had everything. And and then I think after the fact, he you know started to regret it because I was like, "Yeah, I probably could have retired," you know, <laughs> by now, but <laughs> I, I saved everything. But oh well, you know, yeah, it's just stuff. It was cool stuff, but
0: it's
3: just oh, stuff. and in that same house, uh, while I was out traveling, it was when i was in a grimier part of life squatting and train hopping um i called my mom she's like yeah we had to move some stuff and we put your guitar equipment on the curb it it was a marshall 1960 b like bottom cabinet yeah a nice with selections and uh it was a full two brack setup with rock Progat pro gap preamp and eek like oh. it was it was hooked. It was the stuff that I played in with mortal. It was my mortal rig. And yeah. And the thing is, I got mad for a minute. And I was like, you know what though? You know, I'm in my twenties. Why am I leaving stuff in my mom's house? Yeah. So I just I let it go. I was like, you know, I'll I'll figure it out later. And uh yeah. You know, I I let I burdened her with this. So yeah. I'm hoping that somebody who used it to do something awesome. Yeah. Got it. And was stoked because I've been I've been fortunate enough to like find things along the way. And I hope somebody else found it and was like, I can't believe this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'd you what'd you do with that PV break you got from Tim? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, the thing is like, I was, I was such a hard person to be in a band with because, uh, I was always just disappearing. So, you know, that green day song disappearing boy. Yeah. Uh, so there was a house that I lived in in Pleasanton on the corner of whatever the, the street, the mall is on. And I, I don't remember, but it was on the other side of the overpass. Um, yeah. And my mom let a bunch of people build a nice like eight foot half pipe in the backyard just Mm. because, and you know, they had to sign waivers to, you know, skate it. And, you know, I'd come home and people would be skating and this and that, but, um, you know, we'd always just leave town. So there's this woman, Karen that hung out and I got nicknamed disappearing boy because, All my life, like, you know, up until shit college, even after that, um, I just disappeared left town with no, you know, that's why I have a gang slang tattoo on my lower back. I have a tramp stamp that just says nomad (laughs) because the thing is like until I was 30, I never lived anywhere more than two years. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got that nickname and, uh, yeah. Did not know that. I didn't know you had the nomad tattoo. And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm okay with the tramp stamp, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's fine, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, just a barbed wire around it. <laughs> oh, come on. I I didn't get broy about it, but <laughs> yeah. No, but it was nice though. I'd come home on my lunch break from it was when I worked at Lucky's. And I'd come home and uh there'd be a 21 window micro bus parked in front of my house and hear, <gasps> shoom, shoom, shoom. Yeah, I hear and I just see dudes that I didn't know getting air in my backyard. and It was, <laughs> it was really nice. And then it yeah, wasn't man. until like one day I came home, I'm lunch break and I broke my leg and my mom's like, all right, shutting this down. My son ruined it for all of you. <laughs> oh oh man. man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jeez so so Don what Don what do you have uh what do you have going on now like any any plans for I know, I know you said something about you guys thinking about re-recording some stuff or recording some new stuff like what else is going on you got anything new coming up
4: uh for second coming or
1: for- yeah for, for for I mean second coming or for uh, any other projects maybe you're working oh with? his other band uh
4: yeah I I'm in this other band called Nelt before from uh The mean streets of gaston oregon and uh brutal but it's uh mark um well i mean right now i guess we're kind of a three-piece we're just kind of searching for for other members but uh uh, yeah i mean that mark uh we put out an album maybe geez maybe it's two years ago already a year and a half and uh working on another one mark's a principal songwriter so he's got everything written already and he's got to get over there you know do my parts and stuff but uh he uh so there's that and um I don't have anything else going on I mean I I just kind of uh you know I mean I've got kids and uh oh I know about that yes (laughs) yeah gotta work and uh, (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of put music, uh, I wasn't really doing any music. I think after Second Coming, uh, 2001 was our last show. That's when I moved to Portland. And uh, I tried, like, answering ads and stuff and meeting people and trying trying other bands, but nothing just felt right. You know, Second Coming, that was like, um, that was really uh, the only band. I feel like this. that's the only band I ever want to, you know, do. So over the years, I'd collect gear and then I'd get a divorce and sell everything. And then I'd buy, you know, get more gear than divorce number two. I'd get rid of everything. But then, but then I, I, I had an opt- I, some guy was selling this Marshall head and uh, he was like, yeah, you know, I, did, I, we're, we have a baby coming I don't have time for this anymore. So it was just like a fire sale. He, he was selling it for like something ridiculous, like 400 bucks. So like, so, okay, I got nothing going on, but I can't pass this up. So I was collecting stuff, and I was just hoping, okay, someday the Second Coming ever gets back together, I'm going to be ready, you know, and I'm going to have all <laughs> the And I vowed, like, no matter how tough things get, I'm never selling anything again, you know, because I had nice stuff before, and then you know, hard times, whatever, or, or whenever you know bad things happen, then I was like. I this habit of just getting rid of everything, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to live like a monk. You know, I don't need all this stuff. But then I regret it afterwards. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't learn from my records. You know, I didn't learn, didn't learn I from all my <laughs> guitars and all my amps and stuff. So you know, slowly I'm building the collection back, and and now, you know, thankfully, the uh, you know second coming we're we're, you know, playing again. So I. Um, yeah. Was, do you, you
3: know, when did you of, move up to Portland? Oh, uh, two thousand one. So I could have run across you then, because I lived in Portland. And <laughs> when? Uh, two thousand five, six, and I lived on Six in Holman with people like I lived in crusty houses with people yeah. from like Hellshock and From Ashes Rise and and then yeah it yeah we lived in some crusty house with a bunch of bunch of bands. Mm-hmm. Um not <laughs> necessarily no the scene but you, right I'm sure you ran across some of the people and mm-hmm. we were probably in the same room again at some time. Yeah probably <laughs> that's
4: so crazy. Because I, I, I went to a few shows by myself because I didn't have, I didn't really have any friends up here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a few shows I, I went to by myself and you know, we're probably in the same room again.
3: God, that's so crazy. Yeah, we finally left around 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. and uh, But yeah, for a while, Six and Holman and then Skidmore over by Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before it got super gentrified, but while it was happening, and you know we were uh, uh, volunteering over the Black Rose that anarchist collective.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
3: we were volunteering down there, and there's that Mississippi Pizza Place, and yeah, mm-hmm. I I miss <laughs> Portland. I do, I really do.
4: Man, small Best world, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Is that where you met Andrew when you were here?
3: No, met Andrew here. Um, So oh, I, started right. the, I started the coffee company here, and mm-hmm. he was doing mail order. He was living in Binghamton, New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then at one point, he's like, hey, uh, just so you know, because he's so polite. And he's mm-hmm. like, just so you know, I stopped ordering because I moved right near you. So I'll be picking it up locally. And oh, then okay. I met him he adopted one of the the kittens we were fostering Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he's just an awesome dude and actually uh we recently went to go see agnostic front murphy's law together
4: Mm. yeah (laughs) well i met him i mean i yeah i was like uh i'm one of those guys like okay i'll play guitar i'll play bass i had a drum set So if anyone needed anybody
3: like, Oh, you're that guy. You're like, come over. I have the
4: playground. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I play, I think I placed an ad in the paper and Andrew answered and him and his bass player, buddy, I forgot his name, but they came over to my house and we jammed in the basement and it was super fun. Really nice guy. I think we jammed a couple times, but, uh, but I don't know what happened. I think, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I think just family life and stuff, you know, I'm I'm
3: trying to get him to do something locally And I was like, whatever you need Whatever you need He's like, okay, I need a bass And I'm left-handed And I was like, you're making this very difficult (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he he told me He's like, I'll play guitar He's like, but you're not going to like working with me Because I'm kind of an asshole And I was like, all right (laughs) I'll find yeah. you a bass. I'll find you an amp. It's fine. Let's go. And I can't imagine him being an asshole, but you know some people they have that just secret like, "Oh, I get it. I get it." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's got he's got the rage somewhere.
1: Yes.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh are you a coffee drinker? This is coffee and hardcore. Got to talk about coffee a little bit.
4: Jacob has Oak and Crow. Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a connoisseur or anything. I, I just, uh, I think, I mean, I, I, I wasn't a coffee drinker for a long time. Uh, cause like, I mean, I, I'm not a very good example of like, you know, Hari Krishna devotee, you know, we're not supposed to drink coffee or take caffeine, but I do. And uh, I started drinking coffee, uh, again, maybe a couple of years ago, because honestly, you know, it's like, just helped me go to the bathroom. And, <laughs> and so. But I've always loved coffee. My mom used to have those, you know, have like those coffee candies, those hard candies. And uh, so, you know, when I was like 10 or 11, I wanted to start drinking coffee because my parents, I mean, you know, they, they drank like instant coffee and stuff. Right. So I said, but uh, my brand, I mean, I'm pretty cheap. I don't know that much about, you know uh coffee and uh i i think cafe bustello is is what i <laughs> is what i usually
3: buy but we have some of that in our house too <laughs> Can, <laughs> okay i'd like to intervene here yeah. <laughs> and i was hoping uh, the
4: coffee uh, yeah i'm a, uh, yeah i'm a little embarrassed but
3: uh <laughs> just, <laughs> okay i would like to do you have a Do you have a grinder? I'm guessing if you drink Bustelli, you don't have a grinder.
4: I don't, but I I, I, I get one. All right.
3: <laughs> I I would like to I would like to send you some coffee. Um, oh, also, sweet. you know, you know, it's funny. So there's a certain artist that we all know, and I don't I don't want to name, but uh, he was one of my best-selling coffees as an artist coffee. Except that he didn't, he didn't advertise his coffee. But every time he showed a spot in his apartment, he was just like Cafe Bustello, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you you have a brand, and so his brand tanked because, anyway. Um, <laughs> but we
1: won't mention any name. We won't mention any name. Yeah, I'll
3: uh send me a message. I I had an another uh a friend of his that I did a coffee for who during the pandemic quit drinking coffee and told everybody they he quit drinking coffee. And I was like, We you're not gonna sell any coffee if you tell anybody whatever. Anyway, um yeah, I'd like to send you some coffee. So hit me All up right, with thank your you. address, and yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh, and I'll also tell you the names of those people. <laughs> <laughs> huh? yeah. I think I have an idea, but I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, I'm, <laughs> sure you know. I'm sure you know. Uh, oh man. Well. Oh, it's been can really we talk about this too. Oh hold
1: on. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, let's talk about that.
3: Don, what do you know about this? So, this is the first time I saw a second coming, and I feel like this is free. You uh is there a date on there, or what are the songs on uh, there? Uh Jacob is... is actually holding up so, a
1: cassette
4: tape.
3: There yeah. is <laughs> is Those of you nothing. cannot
1: see what he's doing.
3: Go <laughs> so, ahead, just oh, wow. sharpie sharpie on the cassette.
4: Yeah, and that's then, Joey's writing.
3: Hold on. Um uh, get out. Probably got his old phone number on there for booking. Did he live in San Ramon? No. Nah, uh-huh. Yep. yep. Uh, so, uh I won't give you the address, but
4: <laughs> uh do you out of the oh, you know what? I think that oh, okay, I remember. No, I wasn't on that. That's that's the first iteration of of second. That's the OG second coming. I think that tape became yeah. the first seven inch.
3: Yeah, I saw. So I saw him at Gilman, and I got this, and it was like around the same. Yeah, it was. There were so many bands that I got to see that I didn't like. Nuth which I got <laughs> ridicu- I got ridiculed. Decades later, Nuth Crush is one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with Chio, and mm-hmm. her husband is a coffee roaster. And I'm I ran into oh. him at a coffee roasting convention at one point, and mm-hmm. we're talking. And he's like, "Oh yeah, my wife, you know, plays drums for a band," and we, you know, we're talking, and he said something. And I was like, "Wait, Chio Nukaga?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Fuck Nuth in My f-. anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the East Bay is an awesome place.
4: Yes, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have you know have grown up there, and um, yeah, I mean you know I mean New York's got its thing, Detroit has its thing, uh, yeah, but Bay Area was very special. Not just I mean for punk, for, for hardcore, for pop punk, yeah, there, there's so many, you know, so many different bands that came out. That's a out lot.
3: There. Yeah, Journey, right.
4: <laughs> Night Ranger. Wait, was Night Ranger? Yeah, I think Night Ranger was in the Bay Area.
3: I don't know. We had the Stone, the Omni, and... Yeah. Uh, what's the other one that he owned? Stone. Uh, Omni, one Step Beyond. One, one Step, Step Beyond. Beyond. Yep. Yeah, I got to play at a bunch of those places yeah. and hang out with people from... Um, what was that? Crazy Scob ska uh, Skank and... Skankin' Pickles? No. Uh... <laughs> What the fuck they were called? I I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
4: <laughs> they were a ska <laughs> band. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <No>. But Tesla, <laughs> Tesla too was from the Bay Area, and the drummer had a studio in in Hayward, and, and we uh we recorded uh one of the seven inches there.
3: Was that like weird studio up on eight eighty? Oh, I don't remember. I I don't I. If oh, Slambodians, that was a band. Wait, they were a ska band? Well, they, yeah, they were ska punk, like they had that singer Fred guy, and then the drummer was the original drummer of one of the local thrash bands, like originally, whose cousin played for Slayer and Exodus. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) There, it, there's just so much history with, yeah. Yeah, because I I remember the, they had a song called Pencil Dick. <laughs> <And> they, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the thing is, I auditioned for a guitar for the Slambodians a couple times, and <laughs> they were just like, you you can't you can't quite. But they would just like I don't know if they felt bad for me, but anytime they played a show with like GBH at the Omni or somewhere mm-hmm. else, they'd just be like, just come to the show. Yeah. Like, okay, so yeah. you know I'm not good enough playing the band, but you know if you're gonna take me to all these good shows like Forbidden and GBH, fine, fine. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, it's really good to have you on, Donna. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're able to to hop on with us. It's pretty cool. Yeah, God, thanks Can for you- asking. This is fun. And having you guys share stories, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like East Bay Legends on the podcast. It's pretty
5: awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, East Bay. You guys oh, need man. to make shirts or something. Yeah. Bring it back. That's how you can see you can make all that money back after losing all, you know, Yeah. giving away yeah. all that stuff. Just yeah, coffee idea, Jacob.
4: Yeah. Hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the East Bay uh
3: blend or what? <laughs> well, if if Blatts didn't already uh think of it, I'd think about something like, I wish California would fall in the ocean, everyone would die. But Blatz already <laughs> did that, so
1: that would be the name of the roast, Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to anything else you got coming out and, uh, we'll post, we'll post, uh, links to all the stuff that you mentioned too. So yeah, yeah.
4: really awesome to have you on. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Keep in touch, you guys.
7: Hey, this is Mark. Don and I are in a band called
4: Nelt Before. The song you're about to listen to is from our album, which is going to be coming out late 2024. We're in the process of recording it. This is an exclusive to Coffee and Hardcore podcast, and we hope you enjoy it.
8: Hi, this is Atlas. My daddy is in Nelt Before. You are listening to In Waves on the Coffee and Hardcore podcast.
7: a special gift a special treat to one of our favorite podcasts coffee and hardcore a world premiere oh my god they're crazy oh my god this song's so good what what is going on of a new song we just recorded called getting at you it'll be streaming everywhere march 1st but you'll get to listen to it here and now first okay also just throwing this out there case anybody wants to pick it up we're playing a show tomorrow february 23rd in parkersburg west virginia at a place called tracy's pub with nervous aggression so we hope to see you there if you can't come all right whatever you can't come but if you do come oh my god dude you're gonna love it okay i love you bye
1: Episode four is in the books, fellas.
5: That was of a fun season one.
1: Five. Season five. Can you believe it? Um, Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was, nice. I was thinking of, Wiley, when you uh, called me, I was actually, when we to talk about the podcast, I was actually sitting at, at my old house on the back deck drinking coffee with my wife, and you brought up, hey, I got this idea. And now we, here we are five seasons later. Yeah. And your wife was saying,
2: yes, yes, do it, do it. Yes. (laughs) And now she's
1: like, why are you still doing that? No, I'm kidding. She doesn't say that at all. (laughs) Well,
2: it's tough. Like, like anything, like anything creative. um, That isn't your living. That takes time that you basically do for, you know, a passion project. It's hard behind the scenes i'm sure of any band or any artist or any podcast i'm sure there's rocky times like there have been with you yeah. know all of our bands all of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so that's the fun stuff and uh oh, yeah. we, after we sort of have an episode coming up uh, about that yeah uh, it's the the red line episode and about how the record almost didn't come out we're gonna have zach Bridie Aaron, who basically, in my opinion, saved that record. Yes, he did. Uh, And have Marco on to talk about he wrote he basically wrote everything. And so it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to have Jacob back on to to talk about his seven minutes in heaven coffee. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) So just like that, with this podcast, there's been a few times where. We've been like, ah, should we call it quits? I don't know. Nah, maybe we'll keep it going. Okay, we'll keep it going. Things, yeah. things are, life's hard.
1: Yeah. That... <laughs> Good to be transparent. And, uh, yeah, to be transparent. And to also say, you know, there was a couple times that there were, there was a guest, there was a couple get, no, probably only one guest that was so heinous. Yes, that it almost made us quit. Yeah. Quit, uh, quit, and you uh, put us, like, The only, I think it's, Wiley, I think it's the only thing that you and I have ever been in odds at. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know what? Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. All
1: right. We won't say who, we won't say who it is, but there was a guest that, um, I don't, it was so divisive, uh, that it made us divisive. (laughs) Like we, it, it was so weird. It was like, so unlike us, we were like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like we had to, there was we had a lot, there was a lot of conversations till so yeah. we were able to work it. It wasn't so much. We like, were mad at each other. It was just like that person was just so divisive. It was weird.
2: Well, it was the quarrel episode, right? Like, yeah.
1: yeah. The one we had to get down because
2: of the lawyers. And I just said, Hey, I really want to do an episode where we talk about this. So I can, that's how my, that's how I work. That's how my brain works. Right. Like getting it out there into the universe Um, some people just, you know, bottle it up and, and let it sit, which is fine. But like, I just wanted to get it off my shoulders. (laughs) I just wanted to get it off my shoulders, get it into the universe. And I I honestly feel a lot better about it. Right. Yes. The coral episode. But I remember you, so there's two, your way wasn't wrong and my way wasn't wrong, but you said, no, we should drop it we should just forget about it, not give this person any more. Right. You know, and any, we shouldn't even talk about it anymore. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I want, I feel like I need to, to get it out there and we kind of went back and forth on it. And I basically was like, well, I don't know if I want to do a podcast, someone who won't let me speak my voice about what I do. And you've, you sat back for a few days and thought about it. And then you're like, yeah, okay. I understand. <laughs> but you said, let's just give it some time. I did say that. Yes. So we compromised. We did. And
1: we gave it like, what, six months, five months? Yeah. But th- honestly, though, that wasn't totally our intention because no. we were going to do it. We were going to do it three months later. And then a bunch of other stuff happened and it kept getting pushed back.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. We we're going to do three months. Yeah. Which I'm. I'm really glad it was longer because it made it
1: less about the feelings and yes. more story. And if and kind of funny is not the right word. We were able to laugh about it more, if that makes yeah. sense. Because in the moment, like, even though we were c- c- trying to figure out how to handle the situation, all of us were pissed. Like, <laughs> yeah like we Get to were
6: pissed.
1: oh yeah that was and it was weird because you know like I remember a lot of that you had to deal with and you were dealing with it because at where you work you were working nights at that time too right yeah I was yeah yeah which you still are so like there was moments where you had to take care of that during the day which is when I went work and so like we're trying to it was oh man. Those were a lot of, was crazy. I'm kind of glad that's over with.
2: <laughs> yeah, and if you want listeners, you can go to yeah, know what we really talking about and go listen to the choral episode of the Coffee yes. Heart Podcast, which was last season. I think it was one of the last ones of last season before the holiday episode. Yeah, before the
1: holiday episode, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. We talked. <laughs> we made it. Probably (laughs) on the other side. We did make it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. You thanks to Jacob. Wow, I can't speak for financially stepping up and helping the podcast with all the different things from promotion to any artwork that we need done or anything. So we appreciate you, Jacob. And Oak and Crow Coffee.
3: You're very welcome. Anytime, buddy.
2: You're the best, for real. The best. So, so if we're being real, Jacob has probably saved the podcast a few times too. That's true. Yes, financially, absolutely true, um,
1: and caffeinatedly. So, yep.
2: Yeah, so, to the listeners, uh, you should probably thank Jacob if you like this podcast.
1: <laughs> no, don't send him any death threats. No, you should send him money so he can buy some buy some of that sweet oak and crow coffee.
2: <laughs> Wait, send Jacob. <laughs> So we can buy open grill coffee.
1: No, send Jacob money, so they can, yeah through
3: buying, I don't know. <laughs> I want to buy some of the coffee. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: send Jacob your money, so and he'll send you
3: coffee. Send there me that. coffee. Please send, send me coffee.
1: Well, they need they need to send you coffee too if they're a roaster, so you can review it in your seven minutes of heaven. Oh yeah.
3: True. Yeah, if you want your coffee uh, reviewed, seven minutes of heaven. Uh Yeah, send me some coffee. And By someone no one... who actually
1: knows what they're doing. Well,
3: no one's going to send
2: them coffee if they listen to his reviews. <laughs> Yo, I only gave it's a harsh dogs to get once, out of
3: them. once, and they deserved what? it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Two times, my friend.
1: I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to we'll have to start changing the music for that segment to scary stuff. If that's what's going on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> old to the karaoke version or something thickness
6: yeah. <laughs> yo oh, let's
2: get out of here let's drop that karaoke version of down with the sickness right now and then we'll right do- now yeah right now let's do it right now and then we'll do the skull crack outro get the All hell right. up on down with the sickness <laughs> karaoke version you're welcome
5: Yeah. <laughs>
7: Look at
8: my own reflection. When suddenly it changes, violently it changes. Oh no! There is no turning back now. You've woken the demon in me. Get up, come on, down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up and come down with the sickness. Open up your hate and let it flow into me Get up and look down with the sickness Your mother get up, come on, get down with the sickness You fucking get up down with the sickness Madness is the gift that has been given to me can see inside you the sickness is rising don't try to deny what you feel will you give it to me it seems that all was good has died and is decayed. in me will you give it to me it seems that there's some trouble in dealing with these changes Living with these changes! Oh no, the world is a scary place now. Bet you woken up the demon in me Get up, come on down with the sickness! Get up, come All right. on. down with the sickness. There we have it! Get up and come down up with the sickness! Yes!
1: <laughs>
8: so put up your hand and let it flow into me. Get up, ah.
1: <laughs> I forgot what episode it is. It's episode four, right? All right, stop. Stop yes. the tape. Yes, hold
6: the on.
2: Tape.
3: There it was. Tooth and nail records. (laughs) Sorry, cut that.
2: Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, but leave it for real. Mick's laughing at the silence as he's covering his mouth. So I guess you have to explain why you said that, Jacob.
1: I thought we were supposed to release that to the public. Nope. Cut it. Oh, that's right. We could can... let's, no. let's start over. Let's start over. Start <laughs>
3: over. I, I was just trying to be difficult. I'm sorry. <laughs> just start over. There was a lot
2: of weird pausing and not talking <laughs> brain melting.
3: All right. You ready? Yeah, he's gonna do it again though. I Good. won't. <laughs> All right. I got it out of my system. <laughs> oh. But will Mick not laugh?